It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show Because you're in for the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, oh This is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at ThePropBreak.com. I am here with Matt Taylor, our TV editor. Say hello, Matt. Hey, everyone. Um, and we're not talking Oscars today. We are talking um, Drag Race All-Stars 4. Um, we It's been two weeks since our last episode. Um, episode 4 and 5 have happened since. And once again, every episode is filled with um, all of the things. <laughs> It is. It has been a wild season. It's a, it's been a really good season, and I think All Stars Two is my favorite season of all, or at least it's the one I go back to the most, even though it's very short. But this one is definitely feels like one I'm going to be going back to all the time because every episode is like a whole new world of of, of drama and dragony and and everything. Um. So we're going to talk about episode four and five. I'm going to give a brief summary of episode four like I did uh, in our last episode. Episode four, they did a um, comedy challenge, basically, that was called Jersey Justice. It was a Judge Judy sort of knockoff where Michelle Visage was playing um, Judge the Judge Judy character. And um, the contestants were each playing a... Um, what's it called? A, either a litigant, one of the, either the defendant or the... Um, Whatever, what's the word I'm looking for? The person bringing up the the, the suing one suing someone uh, in each one, um, and we the teams were basically um, Manila and Na- Manila Uzon and Naomi Smalls, which was very good. Um, mm-hmm. Manila was basic got to basically pretend to be a dog, and that really worked to her favor because she got to be really ridiculous and 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 worked very well. And Naomi was pretty good, but. It's tough to shine equally with Manila in a comedy challenge, um, especially when uh, Naomi is not known for comedy, which we will get more to more <laughs> in a couple minutes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and then um, what else? Uh, so the next one was Latrice Royale, Monique Hart, and Monet Exchange, and that one was mostly pretty rough. Monet uh, or Monique was the standout for the most part, but she is a bit of a railroader when it comes to like a group challenge and, and a comedy challenge. So Latrice barely spoke and, and was clearly afraid to speak in a way because of the previous challenge as well. And Monet came out later and then it was just her and Monique screaming at each other until they started throwing cake at each other. And Monique, Monet, as always, kind of needed an edit. So it was, it was kind of a mess. And then finally it was Trinity Taylor and... Um, Valentina, who who did pretty well considering it, and especially Valentina, who like um, seemed to be flailing at the beginning, and you and I talked a little about, bit about it, and and sort of thought that maybe she was sort of faking it in the beginning, but given this episode, she might just be bad at comedy and got lucky on that last one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I have a lot of theories about Valentina. We can we can get. <laughs> yeah, Valentina is going to be like um, the like numbers and lost of this episode of this season, of like what was the end game? Was any of it planned? You know, like 
she's <laughs> she's the mystery box of of the <laughs> of the whole season. Has um, she gone insane? Like that's like the new the new question. Like, yeah, it's it's truly like is this person stable? Um, but again, we're gonna get to that. But anyway, so the bottom two ended up being Latrice and. Um, and oh god, um, not Valentina, uh, and Monet, um, and the top two were Monique and Manila, and it led to, I we say this every episode, but now truly the most the most intense, emotion filled deliberation of all time. Manila was basically crying from the second Latrice was in the bottom two and she was in the top two, um, and was like, "Fuck everything! I'm gonna save you. You're my friend." In a way that, like, the other girls read it as, like, shady because uh, they had decided that Monet had done better in the ep- in the content, the, in the series so far. But I, I don't know. I think, I think, I honestly thought it was questionable which way you could lean. Um, like, if you see, uh, I kind of was leaning in the Latrice direction of being a little stronger. Um and that, that talk of, like, is it really that clear-cut who should go at this point um, is became very important this episode. But anyway, Latrice went home after Monique won the lip-sync and Manila was beside herself, and then the episode ended. And, um, yeah, then we got to this week. Uh, Can I just say, with the episode ending, um, episode four ending, which was just this episode, I had, like, a dark laugh where, like, Rue was like, let the music play. And it cuts to, like, Manila hard sobbing and <laughs> no one having any fun on stage as they all walk off. And it was just like, I'm like, ooh, this is like a serious episode of Drag Race. It was rough. Because, like, there are there is a moment where, like, a couple of them are dancing and then then the, the next thing you the first as soon as they start walking off, you just see Manila, like, charging to the back, being like, nope, absolutely not. Not interested. Thank you very much. Like, she's yeah. done. She was done. She was done. Um, and who could blame her? And the answer is all of the other girls for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that was a hostile opening to episode five. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't really brutal. I think. I mean, I think we can sort of dig into this, and I, I would like to go over just like a brief summary of what happened on the on the sh- on this episode. I'll, get, I'll let you step into it, but like, um, I would say that the girls are overestimating how bad they think Manila looks on television in comparison to the way they're treating her. Yeah. Um, it's a big, a big, a big misstep. <laughs> huge mis- miscalculation. Like, they are all saying, like, the whole premise of this is that they're like, well, like, we don't know how she's going to play the game, so we can't trust her, so we've got to get her out of here. But it's like, that makes, I don't think it makes them realize how insecure they seem in that situation. Because mm-hmm. if it really were about, like, the best person will win, then, then the best person would probably win do you know what I mean like they wouldn't need to worry about kick, getting kicked out because she would never be they would never be in the bottom do you know what I mean right no yeah it's sort of funny that that's like the whole thing of like oh like who's gonna who's safe and who who's gonna go home when they're when they're in the bottom it's like your whole point's not to be in the bottom so like don't obsess over yeah like what what like if it's report card or not and everything and then even they Manella says this in the episode like when you average it with the report, the, the report card method, they're all kind of the same. Like yeah. it's like there's no real. It, it's a really tough um, group of girls this season. Yeah, and and it's not usually true that they're all the same. Although uh, it, realistically, at this point, 
Manila has the advantage, which is, I think, also why they're so frightened of her, is because A, she's done it twice, B, she has the most challenge wins at this point. So, of course they're scared of her. She, they don't think she's going to be in the bottom anytime soon. No, it, it's... It, like, she's the front runner. I think it's safe to say, Manila, at this point. And, like... Yeah. I, I, my whole viewing party has decided to stand, um, stand Manila. We've all... We, so, like, it's a... Like, I think the general consensus around Twitter that I've been seeing is that people want Manila to win, and I, I don't blame them. I think... Um, we talk a lot about um, different queens trying to present, like figure out how they're presented on TV and like curate an image. And Valentina obviously is like a master of that on one level. But um, I think Manila has this even might be even better in that she doesn't have to become a character mm-hmm. like Valentina does. Like you just like Manila. Like yeah. it's like like they seem like a real person, yeah. <laughs> unlike some of the other queens who see like who are playing a part for television. Like this is like for a terrible comparison, like the Kelly Clarkson of Drag Race. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, you're just like, oh, like, she seems so sweet. Like, I want her to win. Yeah, her, she has, it's interesting about, like, there's so much about branding this season in a way that, like, is detrimental to largely Monique and, and in a small sense, Monet, where they're over-pushing the branding. And Manila is not pushing any branding realistically other than herself, and it's actually working for her the best, which is so strange that, like, because it is against the conventional wisdom of, like, the way you have longevity on the show now is that you have to sort of create a brand. But, like, Manila is doing it effortlessly, and also that is maybe why the girls are sort of not happy with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it would be frustrating because you, you would come in there and think, like, well, this bitch has been at it for years, and I'm, like, 20, and I should understand this better. And they don't seem to, <laughs> which is bizarre. <laughs> Um, but anyway, before we get too into it, do you want to give a, everyone a sort of a brief summary of the episode or description of it, just you know, so we know what we're talking about, basically? Yes, a uh, good breakdown of... So basically, this episode was the roast of Lady Bunny. Um, for those who don't listen, who don't know if Lady Bunny is that listening, like which is which I don't, I think are very few. But <laughs> Lady Bunny is like a legendary drag drag queen and one of Rue's friends. I, I believe they're in the same drag family, right? I, I mean, I don't know if they really think of it in family terms, but yeah, I, I think so. Right. So all the queens had, had to prepare a eulogy for this roast. It was like a funeral themed roast. I don't know if I said that. And um, yeah, roast in peace is the what they called it. Yeah, and um, they. Like I, I won't get into who performed um, like best and I until um, we break it down together. But yeah. basically, it was a very interesting, interesting um, drum workroom pr- preparation segment. You had a lot of um, like the queens really struggling. It seemed like a very like it pro- I think one of the more difficult challenges they've been faced with so far. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job of showing in the workroom how tough it is to prepare for something like this. And tr- I think Trinity gave a nice summary of like, you can be a funny person, but like to do a set that was funny is a real challenge. And they were helped by Cecily Strong from SNL. She gave some, some input and was one of the guest judges. And I love Cecily Strong. So it was nice to see her. And I thought she actually, was a great guest judge. I don't know how you felt about it, but, like, she gave, like, harsh critiques and actually interacted with them, and it was a lot of... I loved her presence on it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think she was good as a judge and also as, like... Because um, sometimes those those helping sections can feel a little bit, a little bit like, advertising for whoever that guest is. Like, um, what's his name? Um, 
Todrick Hall always does this with the, the dance stuff where he just clearly is speaking in uh, like TV sound bites and I don't know if he's actually being at all helpful uh, yeah. when he's like coaching the girls but like Cecily was really getting into the nitty gritty and, and Trinity is right like people think that like because you're funny you can just be a comedian but comedy is a very different skill and, and one that you have to work at um, and no, basically all of the girls left are not comedy queens except for for two of them <laughs> possibly <Yeah. laughs> I mean I think that becomes brutally clear in this uh, in this challenge because there is uh, the roast challenge kind of thing is is actually pretty common in the show there's there seems to be one quite often now um, mm-hmm. they've done all of the main judges that we know now I, I think at this point or maybe maybe they have maybe I'm Maybe I'm extrapolating, but they've definitely done, like, quite a few roasts at this point. So, or, like, challenges like this where people get uh, get up one by one by one by one and sort of do a routine. And, like, two of them have actually done it before. Valentina and, and Trinity have had to do it had to do it in their main season, and both of them did pretty poorly. Um, although neither of them was Alexis Michelle, so. Um, yeah, the Alexis Michelle roast is one of my favorite, like, train wrecks ever on television. Right up to, like, the green makeup. It's just, it's so, it's so, so perfect. Yeah, I will say, some of the girls here gave her a run for the money, for their money uh, with how bad they were. Um, it was rough. Should we, should we work through the, the set list? Yeah, <laughs> although, before we do that really quick, do you, do you want to say anything about the deliberations? Other than that, Monique tried to be shady and put Manila last and then realized that Manila is funny. <laughs> yeah, I could not place what the, stra- what strategy Monique was using with, um, with doing the set list, like, other than giving Monet, like, her, like, as we all know, her, like, best friend in the, in the cast, like, this, like, nice slot of the open, of, like, opening the show. Yeah. I could not figure out her strategy, and I guess, yeah, putting him in the last was, like, some sort of way of trying to, like, throw shade and, like, strategize, but it shows you how little they understand what her skill is, because, like, I, like, I was like, oh, she'll be fine. Like, I, and then I, I, like, Manila actually knew Lady Bunny, which I don't think the other five did. So I'm like, yeah. why would you do this? Like, what is, what's the game plan here? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's also just, like, Mo- Monique is, has a lot of ideas, but also is maybe not, like, the best at executing them. And, like, if she wanted to be shady, which, again, very ironic that all of them think that, like, Manila possibly taking down the, f- like, eliminating the strongest competition in a bottom two is shady. How is this any different? Um, like, I don't get... It's such a weird disconnect to me of, like, you're all playing a game. Play a game. Like, just, what's the problem? But, like, she doesn't seem to understand how, like, a comedy show works because, realistically, the first person up has a very hard job because they have to warm up the crowd. And, like, that crowd is dead, you know? <laughs> They're just <laughs> sitting there like waiting for this to start and there's a lot of tv cameras and they have to watch lady bunny struggle into that fake coffin on the stage so like the first person up really has a hard time but she knows monet so she puts her first because she knows that person is skilled but realistically what you would want to do is put something you think is bad at comedy like if she had put trinity first that would have been brilliant and mm-hmm. and would have put her in the bottom even though everybody who wasn't in the top two was in the bottom technically in this one um but, like, yeah, like, if you were really thinking strategically, you would put Valentina first. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she just fucking dies out there. <laughs> and, then, and then just move on. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. It just seems like such a, an expression of like misunderstanding who they're up against. But yeah, so let's go through the first, uh, or through each one. Um, Monet was up. What did you think of Monet? I thought she was very good. Yeah, I thought she was great. Like, right, like she had a great um, opening joke, and it just stayed consistently funny. She had like a nice, simple funeral look and everything. Yeah, it was like it was just a very probably her best showcase of like comedy skills. I think on this season, yeah. like um, it, it was it was very strong. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's the most coherent she's been because I don't. I think she needs a script, and for there not to be too many variables in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I um I I don't think she does well with like the 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 improv world of Jersey Justice where it's like yeah. anything could happen and you have to like constantly be like one like one up the people around you like for this one it would she just she killed it yeah yeah absolutely and like she did well in her original snatch game but I think she had a better understanding of what she was doing going into it and like than this time so yeah i think she definitely benefited from the format and was really charming and really funny and like i laughed out loud at that um her joke about bunny's original drag name being methuselah like that's fucking funny <laughs> I, it was such like a out of left field reference that it was it was great <laughs> yeah it was really good um i really liked her she she looked fantastic um and yeah, I mean, she was great. She was great opener of the show. And I think having her go first was also like Monique misunderstanding the way to make yourself not look bad because everybody after her for quite a bit looked looked like garbage. Yeah, garbage people. Um, the next it was one, rough. <laughs> it was one some of the worst comedy I've ever seen on the show. Like, there's that part at the end of it where Bunny revives. And is like, um, I was worried that I was going to be like laughing too much in the box. But after that, I really, I barely laughed at all. It was like true. Um, yeah. <laughs> so who, who went next? Was it Trinity? I think it was Trinity. Yeah. yeah. Let's just pretend it was Trinity. Yeah. Um, Trinity was um, a train wreck. Oh, it was so bad. It was, <laughs> it was really rough. It was incredibly bad. Like, you know, she's right. She isn't a comedy queen. She's funny in... Like, she's a funny person, and she's good at improv, but she is not good at a script. No, it's like, I don't know, I I have been, like, I guess this is, like, a somewhat unpopular opinion, but, like, I have been so unimpressed with Trinity over the past few episodes, and I think this just more and more cements it in, where it's, like, for someone so confident and in, like, the workroom during deliberations Mm -hmm. or during, um, like, when, like, the, the part where they're all getting dressed for the runway and, like, tossing shade at each other it's like she for someone who is like so cutthroat and confident it's like she has so failed to deliver that and i'm like you don't you don't earn that ability and then um with this especially it was just there none of the jokes landed she had that whole character that she was trying to do that just felt very happy it it was it was really weak it was um probably one of my two least favorite of the of the performances yeah and that it's a strong competition for that um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Uh, that I rewatched it a little bit right before we um, started recording, and I like had to cover my head when <laughs> when she did the bad Viagra joke. I just couldn't. I couldn't get. Oh, yeah. it. it was such a disaster because like the joke is bad, and then her delivery is completely off, and you know it's obvious throughout it that she's terrified. Um, so that didn't help, but it, it just was awful 
Yes. Oh yeah, no. The Viagra joke is a really good example of like just what what was the process? Like yeah. it is so wordy and so um like you have to like really stretch your mind to figure out what the fuck she's talking about. And it's like that joke in and of itself is a clever idea, but like you just executed it in the the worst way. Right. It it was like the wording was completely off. She made the wording as difficult for herself as possible. Like if she really wanted to say that joke and keep it, it it's not a bad joke, but you have to say it quickly. So like mm-hmm. Her saying it over a 30-second period of absolute bombing was really rough. But if she had just said something, you know, so easy, like, I don't, I don't know, just like doctors use a picture of her face to help Viagra users with, with erections lasting four hour, more than four hours. Easy like that. She could have it written down. But then she had, but she had all these other words in it. It's like, my God, what is, who, what are you doing? Like, she definitely made it as difficult for herself as possible, which is just, like, it just shows what the fact that, like, that kind of comedy writing is a skill that you can't just, like, toss around, you know? Yeah, and if I remember, she also didn't do well with her roast in season nine, right? Like, no, she, it, was, it was, sorry. No, that's okay. I, I don't think she was bottom, I, she might have been bottom two. Do you remember? I do not remember. Um, I just, I remember they show the clip of her character that she did of like that, like, um, and of Green Gables-esque, like, oh, yeah. tra- like tra- um, trailer trash girl. And it was um, like, I just remember it being rough from my memory. Actually, you know, I think she wasn't, I, I think Alexis and someone else were so bad that she kind of snuck through. Yeah. So. Alexis was like the, the worst in that, ep- in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I think Trinity might be the bottom of the whole series when it comes to roasts after this. I don't know. There's one more that I thought might have been worse, but yeah, we'll get to that. I feel like I know who it is. Um, yeah. I, I think Naomi went next, or is it Monique? I thought it was Monique, but we can talk about either one. <laughs> I think I, let's, let's, let's go with Naomi because, boy, what a, what a, what a disaster. Yeah. Um, I actually – so I have a whole, like – thing I've been noticing about Naomi throughout the whole thing. Naomi's 24, which is how old I am, for those who don't know. And, like, Naomi consistently just manages to say, like, the rudest shit about her age. And I'm like, does she know what she's doing half the time? Like, it's like, it was first with Sierra with the whole thing of, like, I used to listen to music when I was in middle school. Which, you know, I was thinking, but if I ever met Sierra, I would not say, like, oh, you know, your music meant a lot to me in middle school. Yeah. Like, and then she did that with someone else. I think I think about Manila or Latrice where it was, like... She did it with, Manil- like, she did it with Manila in the first episode where she was, like... I used to watch you in like, or like my my elementary school self is shaking, or like oh you're you're my lady bunny, which is hilarious. That they she said that all the way back in the the uh, the premiere, and then Manila in the in the you know the the like one on one in the moments was like oh my god like <laughs> lady bunny's a thousand years old like <laughs> you know, come yes, on. I remember that that was it's so awkward because it's like. So I was always wondering, I'm like, does she know what she's doing? Is this, like, some weird tactic to, like, I don't know, exert dominance in the workroom? But then, um... No, I think she's just that way. Yeah, but then with her, her, like, roast stand-up set and everything, with every joke being about how old Lady Lady Bunny was, Mm -hmm. I was like, these jokes are all bad, but there's exactly one way you could do it, and, like... Which is like play up like the millennial aspect and like I don't know like do it as like a in like a valley girl tone or something like that like there's a there's a way it would never be like a home run but there's a way to make it funnier and I just thought it was like oh my god like, it was just a 
train wreck to watch, and I was like, oh no, she she truly does not understand that. Like, <laughs> like, like it's just it's an, it's annoying to remind people of how young you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it would have been fine if she had, like, like you said, like really committed to that character or whatever. Um, but I also think it's like there was a moment in the judging where like she was like I was trying to bring like a millennial viewpoint and I'm like the only one who could do that and all of the other girls who are oh there are more there's more than one millennial in that cast which is hilarious she's just a younger millennial they all like most of them are millennials except for Manila yeah literally like basically almost all of them except for Manila like (laughs) they all like make a face like oh excuse me of like I can that's not even fucking accurate so it's like it's, I think, I don't think there's any mal- maliciousness in her, whatever, because she's just, she's just nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's just so yeah. open and, like, young and beautiful that she does not even realize that she's insulting some of the other girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's just, like, it's, like, funny. Every time she does it, my friends all laugh because it's, like, it's it just, it's so weird. <laughs> like, the Sierra comment killed me for some reason when it happened. I, yeah. I, and... For her to do the whole stand-up set, I'm just like, oof, girl, stop. Yeah, because it's like, it's true. I used to listen to that. I, I, I could probably still tell you the lyrics to One Two Step if it came on. But like, and I was in high school, but I, again, you're right. I would never say that. You would just be like, oh my God, I love your music. Yeah, I also cannot name a single other Sierra song. But like, Nobody can. You know, no one can. She stopped making music after One Two Step. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> she'll come out with a new album and I'll be like, oh wow, she's still around, cool. Yeah, she hasn't aged at all since since one two step basically. Yeah, which is um, which is why it's even more offensive that Naomi said that. Um, yeah. Anyway, though, no, so Naomi flopped. Yeah, Naomi was a disaster. Um, I did like Monique's comment about like she kept doing this thing where she would like laugh after her own jokes to sort of, or maybe it was Monet to be like to sort of try to make everybody else laugh, but it was like no, no one, like no, it's not happening for you. <laughs> It was rough, and I just always think, like, thank God I'm not an extra for one of these comedy challenges, because I always laugh at uncomfortable silences, so, like, I would just, like, be the the sole voice of, I don't know how those people, like, keep a straight face. I'm halfway convinced they're probably just actors. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm sure they're all, like, equity people that they call in or whatever that, like, you know, need extras for, for RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm sure it is a bunch of aspiring actors, like, no doubt. This is um, funny. It's like it must be so uncomfortable to film that. Yeah, I, I always think that they're probably editing a lot of the audience reaction out, both mm-hmm. visually and orally when they present these. So, I'm sure we're getting an edit, but like, I doubt. I doubt that it was. You know, I don't think that like when I say we're getting an edit, I don't mean that they're like editing it in a way to change what actually happened. I think they're just giving us the quick, get, quickest possible way to understand what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe next was Monique. Who knows if we're going out of order at this point. Um, but Monique was up, and she did this, like, <sighs> priest, uh, preacher in a, in a, in a church kind of character. Um, and, and some of it worked, but, like, it worked in the way that all of Monique's things do, where she is just so energetic and, like, committed that, like, you're willing to ignore it, you know? Yeah, I love the character, but none of the jokes really landed for me, except for the Jonah and the Whale joke, which was, again, like, sort of like Methuselah, like, so out of left field, where I was like, oh, like, that works. Yeah, like, yeah. It was the last thing I expected. I love a weird biblical ref. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was... Uh, you're right, I don't remember any of that. And I couldn't even remember if the Jonah and the Whale joke was something she only said in the stuff with Cecily. And, like, I that, <laughs> that, that segment with Cecily was so, like, instructive because it was very much, like, Cecily trying to, like, give notes and then just Monique just talking right over her. And at the end of it, Cecily is like, I think she took what she needed from it. <laughs> <laughs> it's how I imagine... Cecily's meetings with Colin Jost probably went when they were reconducting. Um, that, that is that is brutal and probably pretty accurate. <laughs> I got a really good laugh also. I don't know if anyone like listening or if you um, follow Yvette Nicole Brown on um, Twitter, but she's like very religious. So when she made the comment about like how like it was like biblically accurate, I'm like that's adorable. Like it was like yeah, like she's like she's grading on like how religious it is. Yeah, no, she was like, I mean, it's, it's, a, it like, I, I think it's instructive or like indicative of a different, um, upbringing and like a certain, uh, type of culture, cultural awareness that like, A, the two, the two black queens in the competition made Old Testament jokes and also that the well, one black woman on the panel, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if Rue's been to church at any point recently, but... <laughs> I suspect not. Um, like that, the one black woman on the panel who is also pretty religious was like, "No, I fully got your character." While one of the, I think one of the whiter judges was was basically like, "I don't really get it." So yeah, yeah. I, I, I I don't I don't I don't remember who said that, but it was definitely one of them didn't like, made that comment like, "I don't like the character," and I was like, "Really? Like it's like that was the one thing that saved that stand up set." Yeah, again, it's like well, it's tough to judge on that sort of like curve of like. Well, yeah, you didn't like that character because it's not for you, sweetheart. Like, right. you know, this, like, and, and Yvette makes that very clear point of, like, this is about, this is a joke about black churches. And, like, that's, of, that would be understandable to, to someone who is, who grew up in that. So, like, right. yeah, like, I, I didn't really, I didn't really connect with it, but, like, I could see where for other, someone else it would be very, very funny. Like, just because I, I, I clearly am not getting all the references. You know what I mean? Like, when she started jumping around and shit, that was great. But, like. Again, it definitely just felt like a lot of, like, acting and not a lot of joke writing. But I think that did save her in a way. Because a lot of the other girls were so completely without charisma. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was, like, the character made it, it work consistently. I never was, like, cringing during her set, which is, like, what you need at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, speaking of cringing, Valentina came on the stage. And it was... Um, the worst. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad, and like for someone who's so good at calculating, or we think so good at calculating her image, I was like, "What do you think is funny about this?" It was it was a train wreck, like yeah. from beginning to end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I feel like we talked a lot about her being so um, able to properly understand how to create her own myth in the last episode, and everything she's done since has has basically flown in the face of that. Where, like, last episode, I think she was basically adrift but got lucky. And then... And she made the enormous miscalculation, one of the worst miscalculations I've ever seen on the show, when everybody got back to the deliberation room in episode episode four after they knew Latrice was in the bottom two and that she was probably going to go home. Everyone was crying and upset and just, like, could, like clearly in shock. She decided to pull focus and be like, ladies, I am boiling. And, like, talk about how she was offended that that one judge didn't get her 
her her cost her her runway look, and it was like the worst miscalculation I've ever seen. And at the end of that little tantrum, Monique was like, "Girl, you're safe. I don't have time." Like said it out loud, and it was like, "Yeah, no one has time for this. What the fuck?" Um, it's just been a weird slow train wreck train wreck since then because like yeah, this was a bad showing. It was a really bad showing, and like. The not doing her makeup underneath, like, why would you risk t- doing that joke if you knew you weren't prepared? Right, that was what, like, the funny thing was, when she came out in the sunglasses, and granted, I don't know what the judges are thinking mm-hmm. and, every, and everything, like, my first thought was, oh, like, the sunglasses go with the look she's doing, and I never thought, like, it was hiding, like, a lack of eye makeup, and to make a joke about it was so weird and such a terrible I didn't I do not think anybody would have said anything if she kept the glasses on like I don't know how you feel about that like well I think I think she originally came out and made the joke about the sunglasses thinking that like she would be able to keep them on and then when Rue said no she probably shouldn't have just not listened she should have just kept them on but I don't think she could read that situation correctly and then just just took them off because Rue had said no and then then had to go with it and then had to make that joke about like being so upset that she didn't do her eye makeup to cover for the fact that she just didn't do her eye makeup. Yeah, it was it was really like a horrible foot to start out on. Yeah, it was a bad foot to start out on, especially when Monique or no, I'm sorry, Monet had had that great joke at the beginning of her set where she took off her glasses and there was a sunglasses and then there was a regular pair of glasses underneath. Yeah. Um, I, I love her. Yeah, it was really smart. I mean, I think it's indicative that she did a sight gag and, and Manila did a sight gag, which we'll get into in a minute to start off their their thing. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't... And then, like, I don't remember any of her jokes, really, but they, they were mean-spirited, but, like, that wasn't the problem with them. It was just that she wasn't funny. Yeah, the joke that they kept cutting back to, which was the one about, like, I'm imagining her as, like, a pig on a roast with, like, an apple in her mouth and, like, uh, it, like the devil's finger in her ass or something. I was like, do you know what a roast is? Yeah. Like, it's like, I was like, what, do you, what is the joke here? It was... <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like she was definitely conflating, like, a roast pig and, a, and the sexual meaning of a spit roast. I, I'm, I'm very confused by it. Uh, like, it was so bad. Yeah, I I don't know what she was thinking. It was a disaster from start to finish. It was so and she bad. She had to move from like one end of the um, pulpit to the other, and I'm like, stop! It's like we don't need a visual demonstration. It's like this is so so bad. It it was really rough. Yeah. Well, especially because it did start out with one good moment, which is when she walked up to the stage, and her her first the first thing she did was kiss. The dead lady bunny's boob, <laughs> which was bizarre and funny, but like, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't, the rest of it just didn't work. It was such a fucking disaster. Um, yeah. And she probably would have gone home for it if not for a certain twist. Um, and then closing out the show, as we said, was Manila, who came out in this fucking gorgeous outfit where she was in the sort of like red black lace situation and she had this umbrella that instead of we've seen it before with like I don't I think it was last season season 10 I don't remember who it was they had a I don't know when that was they had a, an umbrella with like um uh rain like string hanging around it to make it look like rain but in this case it was like a veil so instead of wearing a veil she had an umbrella that was a veil like it was 
very beautiful and picturesque. And then she pulls back the veil when she sees Lady Bunny and re reco recoils in horror. <laughs> and it was one of the best, like, like well, like right away, just like her lip sync to um, "How Do I Know." Yeah, it was like within the first second of her performance, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally sold. <laughs> That's the thing is that she's a really smart performer in the, in a way that like you can see the experience of of her her performance style in something like that where she knows how to get a, get an audience immediately where all of these other girls mostly misunderstand it except for Monet who did the glasses thing and like I think that and those sight gags both worked for them and made them immediately more interesting to the audience um, and then her set was really good because not only she did she go in on on um, Bunny, but then she she had a joke about each one of her com contest the competitors, and that was so sharp, especially coming at the end and coming after most of them had bombed, like unbelievably. It was it was just a genius, like a well constructed set. I was so in love with it. Like I, Manila is amazing. I really I am so all in on rooting for Manila. Yeah. Yeah, I was a Manila fan before, but this is just... The whole season has really just reaffirmed why I like her so much. Um, but yeah, so she and Monet win because they are the only people who did anything, but they were also very funny. Just, like, they, even if they had been not compared to such complete disaster people, I think they still would have won. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it was... They were both... Like, it, it worked narratively for their narratives across the whole season, mm -hmm. and then... Um, it was they were so like genuinely great. Yeah. And especially like Bonet, who I think has always had a bit of a problem with um her runways not being quite all the way there. This was the best runway she was she has ever had. And it was like mm -hmm. a great runway for the show's history too cuz she came out like Rihanna Papal sort of the cuz the 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 category was heavenly white or whatever. Um, angelic white angelic white thank you um and she came out in this like papal sort of costume and it was a bodysuit but it was a bodysuit done right where she had the hat and like a giant cape at the beginning that she dropped down and then tore off her um this like breastplate thing and there was like a bleeding heart thing underneath that and then she had like the stigmata stuff on her eyes and her, her hands and then she walked back on the cape as if it were a carpet it was brilliant like mm -hmm. it was brilliant runway work. Um, the the heart and the eyes was what sold it for me because at first I was like, oh, like you know, this is just a riff on what Rihanna did, yeah. and that's one of the best fashion moments in my life. I think that Rihanna outfit, but I was like, I don't need like a a straight remix of it. But yeah. then um, the heart and the eyes, I was like, never mind. This is this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was all the layers of it because initially when she came out, I was like, all right, who cares? Big deal. And then she kept like revealing thought process about it and I was like you know what no this is fucking brilliant and her like best look ever in my opinion um, and I think the best look of the night oh yeah absolutely and, and there were some other good ones like I think if they had done a traditional bottom two Naomi might have saved herself based on that fantastic prince outfit um, yeah that was a really great outfit um and a hundred percent saved her because they were so much nicer to her during the comments, the the, uh, the criticisms than like they should have been. Be yeah. But that was it was a great look. It, it was, was the sort of thing that just was like very very cool. And she walked the runway so well. Oh yeah, she worked the shit out of that runway. Um, um I found the rest like 
I think before we go through anybody else, like I was not hat like that happy with the runway looks as a whole. I thought it was a pretty. Everyone played it very very safe. Yeah. Um, which I'll get I'll get into, but um, yeah. Yeah. So should we just keep going through the looks or? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the one I was gonna say, the only other one that I thought was very good as a standout was Trinity's. Um, like I I bought the shit out of that look because um, it was just really smart and fashionable. Whereas, like, Monique's was too much going on. She Again, she always needs to learn how to edit. If she'd taken that stupid heart thing off of her chest, it would have been good. Um, and I love the headpiece, though. Headpiece was great. Everything was great about it, except, but, like, except for that dumb heart and all of that. Like, that's the one thing that needed to go, and it would have been great. And instead, it looked tacky. And then, like, Manila's was a little costumey for me, although I thought her hair was great. And I hate to say costumey because, like... I think Katya and Trixie say this all the time. It's like, I'm a fucking man in a wig. Like, what do you... This is all costume. Um, but, yeah, that one just, like, it was a little too... It wasn't as high fashion as I was hoping it would be for Manila. See, I totally agree with about her hair being gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I kind of put Manila and Trixie in the same league with um, this runway. I thought... They did the best with like what the with what the runway category was, but it was just nothing really elevating about it. It was more just like they both looked stunning and they're stunning queens in general. So it's like yeah. oh like I expect this from them. Totally agree about Monet. Um, no, um, not Monet, Monique and um, Valentina. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Valentina because I really was so bored by her runway look. I think like. Valentina has this very bad habit of relying far too much on the fact that she's a very glamorous queen, yeah. and, like, it was so boring. It was just exactly what you expect from her, and I just think this late of the competition ends when you flop so badly on the runway. It's like, why play it so safe? Yeah. She should have come out there as the second coming of Christ, honestly. Like, she needed that. Um, mm-hmm. And she didn't. She came out in a confusing outfit that was... And the, I, there's two things that, like, I think you're right. Like, she's she is relying on her gra- gra- gla- glamour. glamour too much. It is, like, but it is very much, like, I, I kept thinking of that, like, that uh, infamous sort of, like, Mich- Michelle Visage thing of, like, stop relying on that body. And, like, A, Valentina has had the same silhouette for the whole season, which is, you know what, like, listen, Bianca Del Rio won on the same silhouette, but Bianca had more going on. Valentina does not have as much going on. Like, she, it's the same fucking silhouette every single time. I don't really know what it had to do with angels. The crystal nodding on it would have been, would have been cool, but had nothing to do with what was going on. So I didn't buy it. I just was like, what's with, what's... <laughs> I think it was on Fashion Photo Review or something like that. Or no, it might have been... Um, I think it was actually Pit Stop with Trixie and, and Mayhem Miller... One of them said um, she looked like a um, like a bondage maxi pad. <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> no, actually, no. It was she looks like a maxi pad tried to hang itself. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it was, it's true. She does look like a maxi pad had dad did try to kill itself. Um, so yeah, it was weird, and I it was not necessarily flattering in the bodice, especially like it just looked too chunky um, and stiff. And then the knot thing didn't make sense, and the and the petals or not the petals, the um, the feathers were fine, but I don't know, it just didn't make any sense to me. 
We're going to be torn apart by Valentina fans once they find this podcast. That's fine. Valentina's <laughs> about to tear herself right out of that competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, like, if I were a hardcore Valentina stand at this point, which arguably two weeks ago we both were, um, mm-hmm. I think it would be imp- You'd have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to not see that she is not doing very well right now. Yeah, it's, these have not been a good two weeks for her, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Since, like, she should have been an... And I think we'll get to it with the twist. Like, she should have been an easy top four who didn't need a handicap to, no. to keep that um, possibility. Absolutely. And that's the only way she's going to make it. But, yeah, so the top two are Monet and Manila, and then everybody else is in the bottom, which all of them visibly shit their pants the second they realize yeah. that they're all on the bottom. Especially because, and it's so funny when Manila says it in the, the ITM, she's like, like, well now, she's like, now all, there was all this bullshit talk about like, you know, um, making it report cards, but like the report cards are even at this point. They're completely even basically for those four because, and she's, she's right. She's not just like trying to help herself. Those girls have all like, Naomi's been, safe 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 the whole time um and like not excelling which is kind of what you need to do and like trinity has been a fucking roller coaster of good and bad and so and valentina has been she is legally insane for sure (laughs) (laughs) no yeah it was when they were um when, I forgot who Valentina was speaking to, but when she was saying, "Oh, all of them," that she was the they, they were that first one. That they like asked her first, and it was the whole group like, going on about how she thought she did great. I'm like, really? Did you like? Do you really think you did great? I. This is the thing. I think she did. I. I don't. And this we see this a lot on the show, where like a queen genuinely cannot understand their own like weaknesses. Jasmine is sort of that in the first episode where it's like many people are telling you right now in this moment that you have an issue and you're just like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> I'm perfect. <laughs> it's rough. It's just like, <laughs> so like this is like brutal. I'm like, do, do you need help? <laughs> she is crying for help but would not be able to take that help if you gave it to her. That's the problem. I mean, like, this is to riff off something that Shangela said during All Stars 3. It's like, when you have such a massive internet following, it's like, you really do, like, like lose that sense of reality. Yeah. And, like, Valentina already had pretty a pretty loose grasp on reality, but <laughs> she's gone. She's, she's beyond help. I mean, truly. Um, anyway. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, like, and then Trinity to or uh, who else? Oh yeah, and then Monique is just always uneven. Like she'll be great one week and then trash the next, and it's like, how do you grade on that? On that? Like you got a bunch of A's and F's. Like well, I don't know. Like the report card thing is such a myth that like, I think we could easily comfort ourselves with it in a two and three. Like two was the first time they did this legacy thing, and and. Alaska frequently made the wrong decision. Well, everybody made the wrong decision. They kept saving Roxy. But, like, the report cards were so clear there. Um, and the report cards are not were also pretty clear in 3. Uh, actually, they were really clear in 3. But, like, it's this season they're not clear. Which is, again, why people just need to chill out with this thing of, like, you gotta just eliminate who you want to eliminate. Who cares? You know? What's gonna create yeah. good television at this point? 
I read a, um, an op-ed, I believe, on Into. It was one of the LGBT news sites, sure. and it was an op-ed about how these. Um, it was a drag race critic saying how they were upset at how the queens on Drag Race seem to be so um, aware that they're on a TV show now, and yeah. it's like they're like playing so they have like their best image. And I'm like, no, that's what makes the show great. <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't want like like these people acting like. This is like a like a, this is gonna sound silly, but like this is not like a jet, like a normal talent competition. Like this is about like entertainment and like shocking moments. And obviously, talent plays a huge part in it. Yeah. But like, I want like the excitement that comes with like feuding egos and everything, and like people trying to calculate their image. And it's like I'm like no, like I want more of that. Anything to give me more of that. I don't care who goes home as long as we have more of that. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm kind of a descender or defender of All Stars Three is that it was fantastic television. But it, it, this is fundamentally not a meritocracy. It never has been. That's why All-Stars exists, you know? To, like, give people who probably should have won in a meritocracy world um, a second chance. Like, the person who wins... And the thing... This is my other theory about All-Stars, which I think is actually really starting to play out in a way that I didn't expect, is that All-Stars is is very hard to win in any way. I don't just mean the money. I mean making sure that you don't hurt your career. And Mm -hmm. it's naive and honestly stupid to think that you could... (laughs) These these girls are not supposed to think of the way they're perceived by the audience during the show because that's how they make their fucking money. Like, who do you think you are, dumbass? (laughs) Like, whoever wrote that piece is a dipshit. Uh, Plain and simple. (laughs) Like... Do you really like Kennedy came on the show literally saying like I need to do this because nobody notices me like how fucking dumb are you? Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> roasted. We just yeah. had a roast. Sorry, yeah. Speaking of roast, sorry you live in a utopia, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I I think all of the girls are damaging their their images except for Manila, um, who is clearly getting a whole new group of fans. And even though she may win the whole thing, might actually benefit from being knocked out soon. Which is insane to say. (laughs) But, like, the quicker you get out of here with your reputation intact, I think is the better, the best thing for most of them. Um, Because the other girls are absolutely damaging their (laughs) their reputation. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of them are just coming off as so... Unlikable. I yeah. mean, like, even like, I don't, unlikable, unlikable might be strong, but like with M- Monique, for example, yeah. it's, I'm kind of like, I feel like she convinced herself, like, I'm going to win this at like week three. And it's like, and now it's like, why aren't I winning this? And I'm like, relax. Like, it's like, you're still here. You're not being eliminated. Like, calm down. Yeah, like, you- she's coming up as so cutthroat. And I'm like, this is not like, you never look good when you're that cutthroat. No. Like, as with her or with, um, um, Trinity. Yeah. And the thing is, is like the two of them are both very cutthroat, and that would be fine if they were doing as well as Manila, but neither of them is doing as well as Manila, so they just look <laughs> insane. They look insane. And, like, this is the problem, is that, like, Trinity's narrative come out, coming off of season nine is that she probably should have won, or Shay should have won. But what she's going to create now is this narrative of, like, she's an asshole, and <laughs> people are going to not be as happy to see her at a con, for instance. So it's... I I honestly... I think a lot of times All-Stars is the worst thing you can do for your career. I mean, look at poor Trixie, for God's sake. Um, (laughs) 
but yeah, so I guess we have to get to the twist now, which is, um, so basically the, the deliberations go about, and they could have, they could truly choose any of the four girls, but I suspect that they, they, one of, at least one of them chose Valentina. Um, yeah, I, I think both of them did, that's, that's my guess. I honestly, like, she's the clear answer to all of it. She had a bad run, a mediocre runway, and a bad set, and also had no idea that she was a nightmare. So... You have to let her go at this point. Like, she has to be the one that they both have a lipstick for. But it could be either way. Um, and the reason it matters that they both might, both might have her is because they both win the lip sync. Because it's such a it's such a fun lip sync. Like, they don't look like they're fighting. They look like they're just having fun. And they kind of look like they coordinated almost. Which, it's just, they both deserve to win it. It was fun. It was a really, really unique and fun um, lip sync, and I just wanted to dance with them. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of it was great, um, and yeah. So it looks like they're about to. So they both win, and it, like the other girls are shitting their pants because they're like, oh no, two of us are about to go home, or one of us. Either way, someone's about to go home. It could be two two people, um, which is conceivable in in how even everybody sort of was. Um, but then Rue is all, all of a sudden goes, uh, all-star rules are suspended. Nobody's going home. Like, go to the workroom for further instructions. And Monique is like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, the second she's told. <laughs> Which was very funny. Um, and when they get back to the workroom, uh, they're, they're all, are all the elim- eliminated queens. Um, and then it ends. What do you think is coming? Um, I assume it's because it, in the promo for next week they didn't show like what the challenge was. Mm-hmm. I have to assume it's some sort of like four way lip sync sort of thing. Yeah. Like maybe um, Man- like uh, I don't um, like Manella and Mo- Monet will stay safe, and like the the remaining four and the four that were eliminated will like face off in some sort of bracket lip sync thing. But it, like. Yeah. The fight, this is clearly, like, the, the redemption of the season, and, like, my brother and, I, brother and I are talking about this. The only queen I'd be remotely happy to see, like, replace one of the, um, re- like, remaining queens is Latrice. I don't want anyone, like, any of, like, especially Farrah, but, like, any of the other three coming back onto the show, I think it'd be super disappointing, because, um... I don't know, it just, it feels so, like... I think all of the have made, have made sense so far, and it's, like, if one of them... Like, one of the ones who went home already comes back and replaces someone who genuinely is earning their spot, I think, would be so silly. I yeah. don't know. How do you feel? Um, I, I am, I like to watch the world burn, which is <laughs> why I think Bandersnatch ended the way it did for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, Bandersnatch, I just did it this weekend, and I tried to make all, like, the best decisions for the character and it ended in like 25 minutes and it was like the boring ending yeah. and I was like oh like I did this game wrong yeah you did it wrong I I bet yeah like I, I am the banner if I were drag race banner snatching drag race I would make all of the worst decisions as I think I've <laughs> sort of said like I would just want to see the world burn honestly so what I would do is I don't know I, well, I think I think you're right it's going to be a bracket situation but the person I most want to see back is that goddamn Gia Gunn. I want her to fucking just make everybody's lives miserable. And and even though she wouldn't last long, but this is the problem with the Redemption girls is that they never last long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I want Gia Gunn back just for, like, two episodes just to be a fucking bitch. Because um, you can already see she's stirring shit up in the, in the thing 
in the in the promo. She had a great look um, oh. in like the the funeral garb and everything. It was incredible. She <laughs> looked phenomenal, and I was dying. Like this is the thing. I think she just I I she was. I said at the end of her episode. I think she would have learned the light, the right lessons. Although I think there's no way that Latrice doesn't come back. Yeah, it just makes narrative sense with how her, Latrice's elimination was edited. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm very excited to see where this goes. I usually, like, the redemptions, you know, it's the sort of thing, like, it's cheesy and telegraphed to anybody who knows how All-Stars works. Um, but it's like... This is the first time around. Like, this is exciting. This is kind of interesting, and especially if it's gonna be some sort of lip sync thing. Which the the next episode is called, according to the wiki, um, what is it? Lala Perusa. So I'm like, it's gonna be something with music and lip sync. So yeah. it it should be fun, I think. Yeah, but, and that and that message that Ru put on the mirror was like, lip sync for your life, 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 life. Which it does echo in the thing, but clearly that. I bet you if you counted it up, that's how many lip syncs for your life you're gonna have. That's exciting. I'm 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 pumped. Yeah. Which would be great, like if a couple girls could come back, honestly, and like like say you paired a bottom girl with a top girl every single time and like whoever won that got to stay, it would be utter anarchy, but again, I've established that I want that. <laughs> It'd make for great TV. I'm I'm very excited for the next for the next episode. Yeah. Like It'll be wild, I think. Yeah. Uh, we might even have to do a special one for that and bring back Melissa or something, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. There's well, there's apparently going to be a major snowstorm next weekend, so maybe we'll be <laughs> trapped inside with nothing to do but pop Right, we'll all be trapped inside talking about our stars. Um, but yeah, that's it for the this episode, everyone. Um, we'll be back either next week or in two weeks with another episode. Um, keep watching Drag Race. You can also tune in... Tune in I th- we'll probably put another Oscars one up pretty soon. I think that's inevitable. Actually, you know, we, you and I might have to do a SAG one next week. Um, it's two weeks to SAG. Oh, okay, um, never mind then. Yeah. Um, but we'll be, we'll be ready for the SAGs. <laughs> we're going to be ready for the SAGs. We're going to be ready for the nominations. Um, that's yeah. in a week, yeah. yeah. That's exciting. But yeah, be ready, everyone. Um, and yeah, that's it. Um, I'm at Marissa Carpico on Twitter, and then you can find me on the site. Um, Matt. I'm at Matt, I'm Matthew1, and you can find me on Letterboxd. There you go. All right, thanks for listening, everyone.